So on this week's City Talks, I'm joined by Ian Smith from Vision Drive, a new startup company that was recently voted 32nd in the top 100 startups in the UK. So let's find out a little bit more. So thank you for joining me on a very sunny, warm day. Uh, Ian Smith from Vision Drive. Give us a bit of a, uh, an understanding about what Vision Drive is. So Vision Drive basically is automotive logistics. That's the easiest way to say it. We move trade cars, stock cars, basically anything that's got wheels, we move it pretty much uh, from dealerships to um, auction houses, even to people's homes. So if you're buying a car, selling a car, where you link in between. That sounds like a really kind of interesting business concept, but where did it all come about? Where did you come up with that idea? Um, it came up by mistake. Actually, me and co-director Jack Davies, we were selling cars at the time, and part of our job was having cars brought in to then sell, or people were ordering them off the internet and bits and pieces. But that whole service was really lacking. Right. And it was we found it was just so hard work. We'd put an order, it'd take over two weeks for a car to come, where you can imagine when you're a salesman, it's getting near month end, you're desperate for that car to come. Yeah. And fundamentally, we just looked at it and said, there must be a better way of doing it. And we kind of looked at the industry, and it, I always remember it, we said it was like black and white. And people said, what do you want to achieve? They said, well, we want to make it in HD color. And that's the best way I can describe what we want to do with the business. And from there, we just took all the negatives and just built the whole business on totally transforming how it works. Yeah, I, mean, I grew up in the most dealership world and I remember it was almost like, oh, we've got a valetor free to go and sit on yeah. the transporter to go and get that Spare car from such a, yeah, yeah, so I can definitely see it was there. How did you How did you start the process off then? Because it sounds like it'd be a big undertaking, you know, you need transporters and drivers and how it did it all start? A little bit of fluke. We, um, in all honesty, we kind of wanted to test the idea, so we did as you do. We kind of still we, we ended up going out trying to see if people would be interested if we moved certain vehicles for them. One of our big elements was brand, but at the time we had no money, so we had to try how can we get a bit of a brand quickly? And I remember going to Lincoln Market and we bought these bright blue silk ties, and that's where the blues come from now right. in our brand. And we found them on the market. Me and Jack just went around knocking on doors, can we move some cars for you? Had a couple of days, took a few days leave from where we were, and it was let's see what comes of it. And then Lo and behold, one day, Jack comes running to me going, guess what, that, that chap we went to see, he wants us to move some vans for him. I said, all right, how many? He said, 50. I was like, oh my. At this point, we had no company, no trade plates, no insurance, but an order. We didn't even have the company registered. Um, so quite quickly, a um, bit naughty, but we ended up, I actually hid in the back of a part exchange <laughs> at the set of the car sales dealership where we were. And Jack covered for me at the time, and I was having an extended lunch break and set the company, company up on company's house on my phone and went through ordering the trade plates and I used to ring DVLA and work out how long the trade plates come and I used to get the customer to give us some leeway for these plates and I remember the plates turned up the day before we had to move these vehicles wow. <laughs> and then we, we spent about three days, we made no money on it but initially for us it was Wear Vision Drive yep. and it was that customer, it was all about the customer experience and me and Jack the sled from the front. Um, and that was our first job, and that pretty much was the catalyst to launching the whole business. So how long ago was that to today? Not even two, not even two years. Just give us an overview then of what's happened in that past two years from that first job. So since then, we've realised, well, we got back orders on the back of that. We then realised people were liking our fundamentals because we weren't using sole traders. Yep. So we were fully employed. Our insurance was a whole, so it wasn't like we were taking a lot of our competitors, this is what we saw in the market, we're acting as brokers and right. almost like a platform. So dealership group would put a load of movements on, one company would have a brand and then they would then disseminate that out across loads of sole traders. Oh, yeah. That came with a load of issues. So what we did was cut the middleman out and yep. said, look, if you want things moved, come to us, we'll give you a better price, save money, and you know everyone who's delivering your cars, 
is Vision Drive's member of staff. Yeah. And on the back of that, the, a lot of the larger dealer groups started to see common sense in that and they started yeah. to enjoy that one point of contact and then they were getting. And since then, that's caused us now to go from we were moving, oh, I'd be lucky if it was 10 cars a week to now we move over 400 a week. Um, we started off with me and Jack and then we asked some of the uh, the guys who were working with us to come along at the early days and it was me, Jack and two drivers, yep. you know, and now well, we're up to 34 um, as of today and we're recruiting for 20 near enough now. Um, and since then we've moved into single car transport, so that's people see them driving around, we've just got one car on the back. That allowed us to hit the new car market. Yeah. Before that we were just using used cars, because there was a lot more and that was the old fashioned trade plates. Um, and that just develops, and then from there we've then gone on to leasing and other bits, it's more bespoke. And it's just, it's just rolled, and we've, we've always said we've been happy because it's progressed week by week, not month by month. Yeah. Um, and we can't complain. So based in Lincoln, what kind of geographical area do you cover now? We, we started just in Lincolnshire, so that was our bread and butter, but then customers, it was started to pull us out of the county. We predominantly serve Lincolnshire and Yorkshire because it's nicely connected, yeah. um, but we're UK-wide now. We, even though we're Lincoln, we'll always be a Lincoln-based company, but we're now recruiting in Bristol, down in the southeast, um, more into the Midlands, simply because customer demand is asking yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, so we are practically a national brand now. And what do you see as the growth opportunities? Like how big is the, the business of moving vehicles? It's, a few people ask me how they go, how do you make money out of moving cars? And the best example I've, I've ever given to people is if you imagine being on the M1, everyone knows it, the Leicester Forest East services, got a lovely big calf with glass sides on it. So just to sit there and have a cup of coffee for 10 minutes and count all the cars that go underneath you. Yeah. The average car is moved six times in its lifetime during the sales process. You work out an average price of that, that's a yeah. lot of work. And when you say it like that, a lot of people don't realise, well, actually, you do move loads of cars. And once you see a tray plate, I, I say to anyone, try and spot a little red tray plate. Next time you're driving down the M1, you will see them everywhere. Yeah. It's a bigger industry than people think. Absolutely. And what are the challenges been? I mean, you've, you've kind of started from literally nothing, the hiding in the back of a car yeah. to having almost 40 employees. So what have been the difficulties getting to this stage? Growing quick. You know, for us, I still remember now, we, we couldn't get a £10,000 overdraft. It was then looking at, okay, what can we do? We, it's, been, it's been willing not to take no. Yeah. And I think for us, we, we did have some panic moments. You know, I still remember now when we were trying to get fuel cards and we'd only get a certain limit on our fuel card and we'd spend that in a week. And then I, I still remember it now, me and Jack sitting one evening and they were threatening to turn all the cards off in an afternoon. And we were like, we've got 20 drivers around the UK, that can't happen. Yeah. Um, and I always remember it was the quickest day of my life raising money to put cash out to all the drivers because <laughs> we couldn't stop trading. Yeah. Um, and that is probably the biggest battle, I think. Recruitment, Lincolnshire is full of great people. Yeah. That's never been a battle, but for a small startup, quick growing business, it's finance. And it's, yeah. it's sometimes I think you've got to think out of the box a little bit. And that's what we've tried to do is try to find different funding streams look for support or even trying to negotiate deals differently yeah um, that's worked for us well it's been challenging it's been a bit of a different approach but from even getting fleet it's been almost going and getting larger orders first and taking a bit of a risk to then getting your supply chain to go actually we'll back you if yeah. you back that um, and that's just to me 
this industry has allowed us to be old-fashioned in a way. Yep. It's about building partnerships, building friends, and friends and partners will look after each other. Definitely. Uh, and that's worked really well, but it has allowed us to circumvent some of the finance. Yeah. One of the things that we constantly hear at CityX from small businesses is how difficult it is to get banks to take you seriously mm. and get that first rung on the ladder. So. Yeah. How did you go about kind of getting to the point where you had a sustainable kind of cash flow? To, to us, we had to look at finance options and we, we were quite quick to hold our hands up and say, we don't know nothing about finance. Yeah. Um, and we brought somebody in, a lady came called Julia Wilkinson. She joined us, she has her own bro, like financial consultancy, yeah. worked for the bank and she knew the connection. She knew how the banks were talking. Sure. You know, and we saw the, the proof because I did an application to the bank, got a flat no. She took the exact same data yep. and did it in bank terms and language. Yep. Done. Nice. Straight through. So it just showed that actually sometimes holding your hands up and going, yeah. I don't get it, and bringing in the resource or you know, partnering with people to make it work, Definitely. that happened. And we did that. We managed to find a bank partner, not even our own bank. Um, and we went down the invoice financing route. Yep. And that worked brilliant for our business. Any small business out there doesn't know it exists. We didn't know until someone told us. Yeah. It turned out to be the perfect way forward for us. Definitely. Have you had any pots of funding or kind of grant funding to help the business grow? Early days, um, we didn't. We haven't necessarily got loans from the bank. We struggled on that front, and that again was one of our challenges. Mm. We uh, then went down the investment equity investment route. Um, nicely, we we had connections to Sam Sam Klukas, who's obviously people in Lincoln known for being yeah. a footballer. Um, he's a close friend from growing up because. Um, Jack's the local Bracebridge Heath lad, yeah. Sam was, and they knew each other, and in no offence to Sam, Jack just put it to him and said, look, we're doing this, it's great, we've been trading a while, so Sam could see what was going on, and yeah. take my hat off to him, he actually just said to us, look, I can, I can see you doing well, I can see if I invest, you'll do something with it, and yeah. he made an investment, and that gave us our cash flow, just yeah. to, well actually it's what started us getting our trucks, because sure. we had to put deposits on our first trucks, and even back then trying to get higher purchase finance yeah. when you're six months old, yeah. in a good story. Yeah. And luckily by being able to put some cash up front, you know, got it over the line. Brilliant, so what's next then? Where's the, uh, what's next on the horizon for Vision Drive? We're, like I said earlier, we're, we're trying to make a very black and white industry colour, yep. colourful. Um, and we're trying to make as much as what we do digital. So we're looking now at obviously the trade route, so Vision Drive is very focused on initially looking at up to the point of sale we're now trying to look at digital and more interactive ways with dealerships of making our service more accessible to the end user right so when you're buying a car having your car delivered is more accessible yeah it's a very hidden it doesn't really exist now yeah it does to a certain extent but it isn't very clean and that's our mission um, as we grow nationally because again that's a restriction is our team was only in Lincolnshire so if somebody was in Wales and we couldn't really help them, but as our team's expanding, it's, the opportunities are providing, but we're, we're making active steps to become more of a digital platform. Mm. In, and talking about digital, if, have you got some clever software that helps you kind of track all of your drivers? Because I can imagine in the early days when there's a couple of you and you yeah. go, right, I'm going from here to there, sat nav out. But now I suppose you, the more opportunities for efficiency of linking up different cars or yeah. linking up different areas could, could mean the difference between well, it's well, it money. money. It's yeah. where, it, it, profit can evaporate in miles. Yeah. It's in, in, in our industry. And that was one of our first steps was to invest in just getting the licensing for an online, uh, we're not online, but it's an app yep. where all our drivers use it. It allows us to manage all the movements, GPS tracking, but also it allows us to communicate with customers better because we know exactly ETAs on a delivery so we can be more transparent with the customer. And it just worked. 
brilliantly. Without that, and that was the other thing, the, our competitors were all using tri-type paper, you know, where you rip yeah. one off and you imagine going to a dealership, you know what it's like, it's just chaos. Yeah. Never mind holding those bits of paper. <laughs> Release digital, it's one click, job's done. So what about you then, Ian? You know, you found yourself leading 40 members of staff, kind of MD of a business with a business partner. Had you always had ambitions to run your own company? Yeah, it's, it's, it's always been there. Um, I, logistics was never where I started. I started off in prison service, working in the private sector. I was actually working for a construction company. I was at the University of Lincoln. That's where the idea founded. I was a criminologist by trade. Um, and realised there was a project to try and get re rehabilitate offenders. Right. Um, set up a project in construction at Lincoln Prison. That expanded. But what I fundamentally learnt was getting an idea, yeah. finding the partners, raising finance, and then putting it into fruition. But that really excited me. So even though it was in that field, there and then that made me realise that's what I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and then just taking that, and I, said, I, I got uh, made redundant um, from doing that role. But then when I then moved into car sales, which was meant to be a temporary job, that same buzz yep. came about again when I saw this opportunity with logistics. And the same thing happened again. It was, you know, working weekends, working through the lunch breaks, late nights, putting plans together and making phone calls. Um, but the same thing happened and yeah. I got the same buzz. And for me, that, that's just what makes me tick. So what's, what's the end goal for you and Vision Drive then? Do you think this is something you can grow exponentially? Is it a stepping stone to something else? What, what's the thoughts? Um, I think I'd be lying if I said it was forever. Um, it, it is, we want to develop it to a certain size yep. and then there's going to be people better than us who can probably come in and run it better than us and then we can look at new ideas. Yep. We're full of ideas, I'm full of ideas, anything like an old industry that needs you know, transforming, that really yeah. gives me a buzz. My, my ambition is probably... People laugh at me, but I've always had an ambition of being on Dragon's Den. People thought, you're mad, no, I want one of them chairs. <laughs> and this kind of, but it's that excitement of someone coming with an idea or finding an idea, thinking, how can I get that brand to work? Yeah. How can I get this to market? Actually, when it's at market, I'm kind of not bored, but the, it's, yes. we've done it then. Yeah. It's then, right, how can we then make it better? And I like coming back in when we've got to grow it again. Yeah. Um, and that gives me a big tick. So my plan, if I can, is I'd love a portfolio of companies. Fantastic, always sounds like right up my street as well. That yeah. one. <laughs> Talking about uh, revitalizing industries and streets, um, Lincoln, city of Lincoln has had a bit of a knockback in retail of late. You know, we've had some um, some bad news of some very large retailers mm. that have either had profit warnings or have actually got to the point where they ceased trading. There's a lot of local independent businesses out there that are looking at the big boys and thinking, well, if you can't stay in business, what hope is there for me? Um, and I'm sure there's people in Lincoln thinking, well, what's left of the high street if all of yeah. these big retailers go? With your entrepreneurial mindset in action, is there anything you could think of that would kind of, what do you think is next for the high street and, and retail in general? I think, I think it's finding something that people love. You know, where in one respect your larger high street stores are closing, but they're a very blueprinted model there's yeah. no real innovation you can then have a very small boutique chocolate shop or you know local supply chain local gift shop yeah. that's got something unique and i think consumers like that that yeah. that is the usp of and you can almost get it online and that's where a lot of it's happened if i just want to go in and buy x product for x amount mm. i can just do that online but if i want to go in and explore and find something unique or have an experience and that's the key for me i think it's make make the buying experience i think if you do that you'll have 
innovation and a USP that consumers will keep coming back for. Yeah, I think that's, that's almost the thing that we hear from a lot of people. It's about the experience now rather than just the transactional value yeah. of going somewhere to buy something because you can do that so easily online. You know, where's the added value? Um, and this kind of sustainability and local aspect, I mm. think, is a really strong point. Talking of sustainability, there's a big wave at the moment of Elon bringing out his electric trucks and yeah. I think Volvo are looking at electric vehicles as well. Do you see that as a potential movement in the market for you in haulage and logistics? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a big step for us. We're, we're already looking at it. We know in terms of moving, moving vehicles around electrics, you know, we're all up for, the, we're for that. Um, we even have, we look at, we move Tesla cars now and our planning team actually work from the Tesla points and we yeah. almost have a strategy simply to move Tesla cars because the infrastructure in the UK isn't quite there That's yet right, yeah. but with a bit of planning you can do it but even looking at our fleet and kind of it's something we're working on separately is electricity isn't going to work for our trucks say but we're looking at other alternatives for green so like biodiesel yep. we're doing a lot of experimenting and negotiating now at potentially having a separate business venture for vision drive purely for biodiesel because right. HGVs and even our 3.5 ton trucks, no one's going to be able to go and put a battery in them legally yep. in the next, I'd say, 10 years where it's going to fundamentally work. Yep. But we can make green changes prior to that, and that's a big focus for us. Has there been any um, kind of role models locally, businesses or people that have kind of inspired you? Mm. Good question. There's a, the multitude. Like I, I said, the construction company I was in, their MD, he inspired me a lot. Um, that was from the grassroots up. I think really, I'm always reading. I'm, I'm, I'm a very big person. I'm always studying. I always watch videos. Um, yeah, there's a lot of businesses when I drive around. You know, you see the big brands and you kind of look at them and go, I want some of that. Or yeah. I'll be reading news articles and somebody will be talking about the great things they're doing. So I do. I do get a lot of inspiration locally. But then I also like to think I can bring something new Yeah. as well. That's my kind of you know taking it as well and then nationally i've got loads of inspirations as well last book that you took inspiration from or last video that you watched last one bit of a random one people think but it was actually baroness moans all right i took her autobiography just about finished reading that now um my book is just getting ridiculous my book to read <laughs> now um yeah and i like reading different industries so yeah. it's, it's just learning from there but that was actually one i've just finished reading um on the back of that was richard branson's new autobiography yeah. and now a lot of podcasts as well um, you know, you go through Spotify and different things, and it'd be amazing what things in the car, listen to different ones, and just get different different ideas. Yeah. I heard recently that you did quite well at an award ceremony. Did you pull a prize away from something? Yeah, we've done quite well on the award front. Obviously, yep. we, our, we started our big step was winning winning Startup Business of the Year, the Lincoln Business Awards. Yep. But then this year, only about three weeks ago now, we were announced as 32nd. We were 32nd in the top 100 startups in the UK. Wow. So that was a massive step for us. That was yeah. we weren't expecting. If 99 had come up yeah. and we'd got 99th, I would have taught that. But as I was flicking through and thinking, oh, I remember getting those, you know, other great Lincoln businesses were in it, and I saw them. I was like, right, we ain't getting any further than that. They're at that point, and I ain't getting no further. And I kept going, and then, oh, blooming out, there it was. And yeah. I was, start, I remember being in my kitchen now, jumping around. <laughs> they just meant so much for other people to look at you and go, oh, that's great. And what do you think it was that they saw? What do you think made them think that you were you know, worthy of that kind of position? What's special about Vision Drive? I think it's fight. I think we have a lot of fight in us. We get a lot, a lot goes wrong, but we're very good at resolving it. And I think in our industry, you have to be so reactive. And I think a lot of people looked at us as in that's a very oh, bit of boring old industry, but we've made it quite up to date. And I yeah. think they've seen that and gone, how have you grown that so quick? And 
I think they like the strategy. We, mm. we do a lot of thinking, but it's we think and follow through, and everything we say we're going to do, we do, and I think that showed. Because um, when we've said we're going to do something, you've only got to go back through our feeds and say, obviously they were talking about that. They've now done it. Yeah. And I think they, I think they enjoyed that. Yeah. Kind of old school business ethos, modern business kind of thinking. thinking. Yeah. That that'll always be around. And yeah. I think loads of, I think lots of people get lost in trying to be too technological, trying to, yeah. trying to make stuff too overcomplicated. Actually, you can't be a coffee, a meal, a lunch, a good conversation with somebody to, to get a deal over the line. Brilliant. Ian Smith, been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.